Welcome to Grace Community Church On Demand, the weekly podcast from the Sunday services at Grace Community Church in Rupert, Idaho. Here at Grace, we believe in building the kingdom of God one person at a time. We're passionate about loving God, loving people, and following Jesus. Let's get into this week's message with Pastor Travis Turner. I hope you're ready for the word of the Lord here this morning. We're continuing our study in the book of James and um, I've entitled this whole series, Living the Intentional Life, and, and we need to be intentional about it every single day. We're given 365 days out of the year, every single day, like you need to wake up with a plan for what it is that, that God wants to do, come on, in your life and through your family and in and through, you know what I mean, this church. And so at the first of the month, every, every new year, come on, somebody say Happy New Year. Every new year, every January, it's a beautiful thing, you know what I mean, just to evaluate yourself and give God what rightfully belongs to Him, amen? And so we start our, our year out, first 21 days out of every year, we start with prayer and fasting. And while we, we pray every single morning from 6 a.m. till 7 a.m. in the morning, every single, for the first 21 days, we're going to be here. And and if you're not here, consider being here. And matter of fact, let me just say it like this. Like if you're up against some things in life where it's just got you got a little turmoil and you're just, you know what I mean? You're wrestling with some things like you of all people should be a part of 21 days of prayer and fasting. Right. I'm not telling you how to fast, what to fast, when to fast, what that looks like, but include fasting in part of giving God the first fruits of your of your year in and through prayer and fasting. See, I even got a shirt made up. I, this is a Walmart shirt, and I want to say, say thank you to Tina for putting prey on it. Man, she'll make a Walmart shirt look, <laughs> look like a $50 t-shirt. And uh, if you're real nice to her and maybe slide her some money or something, maybe she'll make you one too, but... I'm going to uh, be intentional on the T-shirts that I wear, at least for the next few weeks. So stand by. You are warned. I will be wearing a new T-shirt. Somebody say, thank the Lord. I don't want you to wear the same shirt over and over again. <laughs> but you need to trust God with your giving. Some of you, you are faithful givers, and you're always faithfully giving, and you trust God with the tithe. But maybe you've never branched off into Giving God an offering. And I'm just saying, listen, we need, to, we need to trust God with our finances. Amen. And I'm challenging you. I'm stressing to you that a lot more is going to be done in and through Grace Church in 2021 than in 2020. And we were able to do some really, really cool things by God's grace. It's not that we've done, but we were able to do some cool things because of your giving. I'm challenging you up. Like, don't shrink back. Come on, give more and, and step out more in faith. Serving. We're going to talk a lot about that, so I won't waste time on it right now. But worship and praise is another big thing. Like, take your praise and your worship to another level. You know, some people are of the mindset, well, you know what I mean? My worship is personal. And while that might be the case, your praise is corporate. And I need you to step into a place of praise where your whole body is a part of it. You see, sometimes we like to approach God with just parts of us. But I'm telling you, Danny and Austin, congratulations. I just saw a little baby right there. I'm just like, wow, that's so... What's the name? Jackson. Jax. Yep. Uh, sorry. We are spirit, soul, and body, Right? So instead of just coming into this place and just like, you know what, my spirit's just connecting with the spirit of the Lord or my soul. I'm just contemplating in and through my mind, my will and my emotions. I'm encouraging you to be a person that engages your body as well. While you just raising your hands just to raise your hands, it's going to do nothing for you. But if you raise your hands with a mind of worship and just like, God, I praise you and I don't care. See, a lot of times people don't do certain things because they don't want to be viewed certain ways, which really results to pride. 
And it really, well, I'm just very intellectual and, and, and I'm just not going to, you know, everybody else can do that. But that's for those feely-feely people. And I'm not one of those feely-feely people. I'm just telling you that by, in, by worshiping God with your, your emotions, like let your emotions connect with God. Let it go beyond just your, your, your mind. And, and, and if you, you know what I mean, have no problem just raising your hands, engage your mind so that you can learn and understand why God is so great and why he deserves so much praise. Amen. I'm talking both ways here. And so give God the first of everything because the first has the ability to bless the rest. So, God, I just pray before you right now. I pray to you and I'm asking you to open our hearts and our minds for the word today that we might receive it, be challenged by it and changed from it in Jesus name. And everybody said, amen. amen. Last week we talked about unity. And listen, if it any, you know, anybody here new, you're here new, you haven't been here in a bit or you, you've not listened to any of the messages. Anybody new? Awesome. Hey, just real quick. Go to our information center, not now, but later. <laughs> Go to our information center and say, hey, listen, Pastor Travis said that you will give me a CD or a DVD or whatever of the, the messages in this series. Go there before you leave and they will just bless you with that. If they don't have a maid, give them your name and they'll make sure and get those to you. But, but you, really need to, you really need to start with, with week one, definitely. Um, you know, week two, we're in week four now here. But last week we talked about how God wants us to be unified, but there are enemies to unity. And one of those enemies is pride. Another enemy is selfishness. Another enemy is favoritism. When we, when we treat one person better than we treat another person. And we can read the book of James. And, and, and James says, listen, imagine a rich man and a poor man both come into your into your congregation, into your place of worship at the same time. And you see that the rich man has fine clothes on and gold finger, gold, gold fingers, gold rings on his finger. He's really wealthy. Um, he's got gold rings on his finger. And you say to the rich man, listen, I'll come up here where the finest seat in the house is and, and sit by me. And you treat him, you know, with special privileges. But the poor man comes in. Maybe, maybe, you know, not dressed so well. And you say, hey, listen, can you just kind of sit in the back and or you could sit here at my feet? It says, listen, hasn't evil entered in your heart? And, and, and you are you are you are showing you have sinned by showing this one man favoritism. Uh, it's really discrimination. It's it's a lot of different things. But haven't you sinned because of the way that you're treating one and not treating the other. You see, a lot of times we're moved to treat people differently, all based on what we can get from them. You know what I mean? It's like, wow, this person's influential. I'm going to hang out. Jay's running the show down at the, at the, at the post office, and you know what I mean? Maybe he'll get me a, maybe he'll get me a better price on the boxes that I send. So I'm going to be a little bit nicer to Jay than I am. You know what I mean? The other person that works down there. And so so anyway, it's and, and we're always looking at, you know, we we like right now your mind has gone to. Yeah, I know a person that's kind of racist in their thinking and and I know a person that treats people differently. And I'm just saying, listen, instead of looking externally, why don't you include yourself in the same category? Because I'm telling you, I, I have the ability and I do that same thing from time to time, and I'm not proud of it, and it's going to change this year. Amen? It's going to change. You know, if you ever treat somebody, and I know you've all done it, like, get out of the camp of, that's just not me. Bring it before the Lord. Repent of it. Ask God to change your heart. Amen? And uh, and there's different levels of that. But but anyhow, it's favoritism and it's a sin. So today's title of the message is really creative. It's it's not one or the other. It's called it's not one or the other. And, you know, by feeling, you know, just by hearing that that term that when somebody says it's not one or the other, you can finish it by saying it's. Oh, yeah, that's absolutely right for the one person that was really tracking and. Uh, uh, it's not one or the other, it's both. And so we're going to take a look at James chapter 2 and verse 14. 
we're talking about faith and works. In your Bible, it might be, it might be uh, uh, titled uh, Faith and Deeds. And I'm just telling you, I'm giving you the, 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 the answer to the quiz at the end of the service today that it's not one or the other, but it's both. Let's go ahead and dive into verse 14. It says, what good is it, my brothers and sisters, if somebody claims to have faith but has no deeds? Can such faith save them? Suppose a brother, I love the Bible because it always gives you examples like right after it's teaching you something, right? Last week, suppose a rich man and a poor man come in. This week it says, suppose a brother or a sister is without clothes and daily food. If one of you says to them, go in peace and keep warm and well fed, but does nothing about their physical needs, what good is it? If some of you read like a Proverbs a day, then you are on Proverbs 3 today. There's 31 Proverbs, 31 days in a month. I encourage you to do that. If you read your Proverbs, your third proverb today, then what you're going to find out is, is if you have a neighbor and they're in need and you say to them, come back tomorrow and I'll give you your need, what you need and you already have it right now. You know what I mean? There's something wrong with that. Like like this really fits into today's proverb fits into this as well. And so I just want to say I'm thankful that we're a church on the move. I want to say I'm thankful that we're a church that's active, that, that we're making a difference. We just prayed for, you know, some men from Grace Church that went down to Tennessee to go and to help rebuild a, um, a you know, a hurricane hit down there and, and just messed up a bunch of places. And we got men right now from Grace Church that are down there cleaning up and, and rebuilding. Well, tomorrow, we, and many people don't even know this, but but we are building a church in the Dominican Republic. And, um, and tomorrow I'm sending an additional nine grand, $9,000, because of the faithfulness of, of, of people in this church down to the DR to finish a church that we are building. We will be, I'm going to be taking, just planting a seed, I'm going to be taking a special offering here in the next few weeks so that we can finish the church building in the DR and, I mean, we're not going to finish because after we build the first level, which they can start using, we're going to build level two. And then after we finish that, we're going to build level three. And then after we finish that, who knows? Maybe God will say build another church in the DR or someplace else. Maybe Uganda. I mean, we're, we're, we're working with, some, with some, you know, some, some pastors in Uganda and doing some great things down there. All I'm saying is, is that we are a church that is active. And we're making a big difference. Come on, we gave so many children in our community a Christmas this year that wouldn't have had a Christmas. Why? Because of your generosity. Because you're an active people. People that are making a difference. And so it says, listen, if you, if you say go in peace and keep warm and well fed when they're cold and hungry, but do nothing about their physical needs, what good is it? In the same way. Faith by itself, is, if it's not accompanied by action, it's dead. But someone will say, you have faith and I have deeds. Show me your faith without deeds and I'll show you my faith by my deeds. You believe that there's one God. Well, praise the Lord. Good for you. But even the demons and the devil believes that there's one God and shudders. Come on at his at his name. And so so it's good that you believe. I think it's so crazy and whacked out that there are people in 2021 that believe that there is no such thing as a devil. There's no such thing as demons. These are Christian people or faith people that say, you know what, I really, I think it's just, you're, it's just something on the inside that's broken. No, listen, pal, there is a devil that wants to kill, steal, and destroy you. And guess what? The Bible says that even the devil and the demons believe in God and they shudder at his name. But guess what? They're not faithfully serving him, right? And so it goes on, you foolish person. Do you want evidence that faith without deeds is useless? Was not our father Abraham considered righteous for what he did when he offered his son Isaac on the altar? You see that his faith and his actions were working together. And his faith was made complete by what he did. And I'm just telling you this, that faith and actions always work together, not some of the time, 
Not most of the time, not every once in a while, but faith and actions always work together. I think it's crazy that Abram was waiting for a son for his whole life, and he was up in his 90s, and, and, and God finally blesses him with the son of promise, right? Isaac comes along, and, and a few years later, I don't know, maybe he was 10 years old, 14 years old. I don't know how old he was. I know he wasn't a little baby that he took up on that, uh, you know, up on Mount Moriah, but I've heard maybe he was about 14 years old. Dave, do you know how old he was? He was older. He was maybe a teenager. We'll just say 12 to 16, okay? And so anyway, he's got the promise, the child that has been promised, and now God says, listen, I want you to give him to me, and not just give him to me for my service. I want you to sacrifice him to me. And so Abram, he, 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 he goes and he, he gets the wood, and he gets his servants in the cart, and he says, boy, come with me. And, and, and see, Isaac had probably been up maybe several times with his, with his dad, you know, doing sacrifices, and they're walking up to the place of sacrifice, and, and the boy's probably like, listen, where's the, where's the animal? We always take, where's the animal? Ah, don't worry, God will provide. And then all they, they get up there, he puts the wood on the altar, and then he binds Isaac's hands and his feet, and he picks him up, and he lays him upon the altar, and he takes out his, his knife that he has used many times over, up to this point, and he raises it, and at the time that he's ready, come on, to drive that knife through his son, come on, the Lord stops his hand, and he turns around, and there's a ram that's caught in the, in the, in the brush, right, and, and he says, you know, the Lord shall provide, name the place the Lord shall shall provide. And God was testing him. And he was saying, listen, I know you love your son and I know you know the promises, but are you going to be faithful? Come on to me. And because he was willing to do whatever it is that God asked him to do, come on, um, it was accounted to him as righteousness. Listen, Abram, even Dr. Dave talked about it this morning in prayer. If you were here, you would have heard it. I'm just kidding. It was real good. You missed it. And it's, I'm not even going to do it justice. So come tomorrow. Uh, maybe he'll have something else for you. But, uh, but this is the deal. Is Abraham knew because of the promises of God that even if he was to run that knife through his boy, that God would have had to raise him back up to fulfill the promise. Because God's not a liar, right? He's not a liar. And, um, and something miraculously would have needed to happen, and it happened uh, in that, in the, you know, God gave a, a way out. And so Abraham believed God, Abraham believed God, and it was credited to him for righteousness, and he was called God's friend. I remember years ago there was a song that came out. It's, I am a friend of God. I am a friend of God. I am a friend of God. He calls me friend. Do you guys remember that song? I am a friend. Of, I just love that. But you know what? When that song came out, there were people that really, it really messed them up on the inside because they thought, man, that's sacrilegious. It's like blasphemy. You're, you think you can be, come on, when we approach God, it needs to be with our arms folded or our hands crossed and, you know, Father, and it's got to be on this language that we don't use. And, and, and so they really had a hard time with that song that I am a friend of God. And I'm just telling you this, that if you struggle with that, I, I encourage you, I challenge you, come on, to get to God, know God more in such a way that there's intimacy and it's personal to where you can, you can become a friend of God in and through belief and trust and, and faithfulness. And it's okay to challenge yourself because... God wants to be your friend. And while we need to have honor and respect and, and those kinds of things, by you being a friend of the Lord, it doesn't diminish, come on, who he is whatsoever. I'm so grateful that the God that I serve is personal and that he knows me and he loves me anyway. See, a lot of people, if they knew like you, who you really were, like all your, all, all your stuff, they might not think that you're as cool as they think you are right now. But God knows all your business and all your junk, and he still loves you 
just as just the same. And I just love that. I'm I am God's friend for sure. You see, a person is considered righteous by what they do and not by faith alone. In the same way, was it wasn't even Rahab, the prostitute, considered righteous for what she did when she gave lodging to the spies and sent them off in a different direction. Now, listen, I don't know about you, but this messes me up just a little bit. Here you got Abraham, the father of the faithful, Abraham, a friend of God. And in the same paragraph, you got Rahab, the prostitute being spoken about. I mean, that is crazy. Abraham, Rahab, the prostitute. How in the world can they be in the same section of the Bible, let alone the same paragraph. But this is talking about in Joshua chapter 2, how the spies went in to spy out Jericho, the promised land, and, and they had this connection with Rahab. And, and while they were spying out, Rahab brought them in. You see, Rahab knew because God was speaking to Rahab that the God that these people served was the one true living God. And I'm just telling you what, let this mess up your business for a second. While she was still yet a prostitute, she had more revelation than people that were not a prostitute. While she was a prostitute selling her body, for some of you that don't know what that means, they call it a harlot. While she was selling her body for favors, God was bringing revelation to her to where she put herself and her life and her family in danger by bringing these, these spies in. And oh, by the way, word got to, to uh, the leaders of Jericho that spies were in the land and go talk to Rahab. And she hid these spies out on the rooftop, right? Hid them out. No, they just, they split before nightfall last night. They're no longer here. And then all of the sudden, you know what I mean? When the coast is clear, somebody say when the coast is clear, she throws out the rope and lets them down. And she makes, a, she makes an agreement with them before. She says, listen, just as I've been used to save your life, I know that the God that you serve is real. Would you please spare my life and would you spare all that are in my home? And and so the spy said, listen, absolutely. We make this oath with you. If you throw out that cord, that red cord, that that rope that, that we were able to escape from, if you throw that out when we come into the city, Everybody in your home will be safe and spared. Isn't that amazing? It reminds me of the Passover when the death angel, you know what I mean, was passing over the houses that had the blood uh, painted from the sacrificial lamb painted, come on, on the doorpost. It reminds me of the cross of Jesus Christ that anybody that, that believes in him because of the work of the cross, not only are they saved, but are they made whole? And here you've got Rahab, the prostitute. How is it that Rahab gets as much ink as she gets? She's in the Old Testament in Joshua. She's in the New Testament. I believe in the book of Matthew, the genealogy of Jesus Christ. She's in the New Testament in James. She's in Hebrews in the New Testament, the heroes of the faith. This prostitute, this woman of the night, this woman that sold her body, Come on, has more ink than most in the Bible. How do you talk about Abraham and Rahab the prostitute in the same sentence? I want every eye up here real quick. The way that you talk about both of these in the same sentence is God saw both of them through the eyes of grace. Because the truth is, come on, I just got chill bumps. I got chill bumps. The truth is, is Abram needed just as much grace as Rahab did. If you break one of these, you've broken them all. There was not Abraham up here and Rahab down here. There's not you up, there's not you here and then some people up here and then other people down here. I'm telling you, we all are, should be so grateful and thankful that God sees us through the eyes of his grace and through the eyes of his mercy. Come on, your righteousness is filthy 
But your righteousness in Christ is beautiful. You are forgiven. Never are those sins to be brought up against you again. Woo! Why should we be people of worship? Because of that right there. We should worship God because of his, un, his, his unmerited goodness and grace and favor on our life. Amen? Man, it is so liberating when you come to a place of realizing that it's all about him. And, and the only thing that you got to do is just believe and receive and love and ask him to change the broken things in your life. And let the Bible come on, be a mirror that you look into because it'll always expose shortcomings. You're never going to run out of them, my friend. Be encouraged. Be encouraged. You're always going to be coming up short but praise the lord man as you do god will reveal it and you can put it under the blood and then he'll show you something else and you can put it under the blood and and you will be a work in progress come on for the rest of your living life until he comes back for you which he is coming back amen, amen. ephesians chapter 2 8 and 8 through 10 says this for it is by grace that you have been saved through faith and this is not from yourself. It is a gift of God, not by works, so that we can be boastful or that any man could boast. It almost seems like there's a contradiction between the Apostle Paul writing to the church at Ephesus here and what we read in James. Because he says, listen, it's not by works, but why is James putting so much power on, on deeds and what it is that you that you do. Can I just tell you this, that both James and Paul, while grace came to them differently, and it might come to you differently, both of these men took action. Come on, they went to work after they received, come on, the grace and salvation of the Lord. Amen? Like their faith was not just a faith that talked. It's a faith that walked and, and absolutely you know, took action. I'm telling you today that we're not saved by works. We are saved for work. Like, like I was, hey, we, we had a pre-service gathering with our worship team and people that just kind of serve here. And, and it was just like the Lord just revealed to me and I couldn't think of anybody, still can't think of anybody. But I don't see one example in the Bible where somebody had a transformation, a radical transformation, and then they did this. They just sat on their hands. I mean, even the most radical fishermen, which would have been sailors of their day, filthy-mouthed, probably drank a little bit too much, ran hard, worked hard. Come on, the first people that Jesus had gone to were a group of men that were unlikely to do the work that they were going to be called to do. But he said, listen, come and follow me. And while you're fishermen, I'm going to make you fishers of men. He said, listen, roll up your sleeves. We're going to go to work. And, and they willfully left all that they had built, all that had been passed on to them by generation to generation. They willfully left all of that, come on, to go and to follow the Lord, to, to be fishers of men. So James here is leading a church that takes sides, right? If you read James 1.1, it starts off by saying, James, a servant of the Lord, is speaking the word to a scattered church, a scattered people. Like these people were messed up. They were scattered in all ways. They were scattered because of persecution. If you read the book of Acts, you will see that there was grave persecution taking place. And so they weren't able to meet necessarily like we're meeting in big numbers. I mean, they would have soldiers probably come in and, and take them off to prison and, and jail. And so they, they separated. And he's trying to pastor and lead these people that don't have adequate connection. And listen now, look up at me just for a second. When you don't have adequate connection, you tend to create a religion or a belief system or a faith system that just lines up with what works for you. You know, there's no iron really sharpening iron or is not as much iron sharpening iron, maybe. And so you've probably got people in this era that are saying, listen, I mean, he's addressing this, these people because there's a problem. Typically, when, when God addresses something, it's because there's a problem. 
You got people probably in this time the same as we have people in our day and time that says, now listen, I'm saved by grace alone. It's all about just what I believe. I really don't have to work for anything. I don't, and you don't have to work for salvation. But my goodness, he saves you to get up and go to work and to, and to use your life and make a difference. Right? And then you got other people. Come on, you have this with Mary and Martha. You got one slaving away, cooking, cleaning, doing all this. And one of them sitting at the feet of Jesus, just wanting to spend time in the in the presence. This has always been an issue. It's always, there's always been a polarization. It's either this or that. And I'm telling you that it's not this or that. It's both. It's absolutely both, right? So today we still have a tendency to pick sides. Who's spiritual among you? Well, it's got to be that guy. He's volunteering for everything. Certainly not that person. I mean, while they come to church every once in a while, they're never volunteering for anything. Sometimes people are so spiritual that that all they think about is, is, man, I just I'm just waiting for God to open a door so I can lay hands on somebody and and see him get healed. And and or I'm just waiting for God. I'm just I'm, I'm like ready to prophesy over over somebody and give them a word that's a life changing, a life curbing word. But you want me to sweep the floor. Right. There's a young man that I was got a chance just to kind of raise up and and spend quite a bit of time with. And um, I'm so excited about what God's doing in he and his wife's life. They're fixing to plant their second church. And uh, he called me the other day and asked, said, hey, would you please be a part of my oversight, my pastoral oversight? And, and so anyway, they're fixing to plant a church down in the Phoenix area. And um, and I'm super excited. But years ago, I had a chance to to really challenge this guy up a little bit. And he was he was definitely more. Um, of the on the spiritual, you know, so I, I just need to give somebody word and let's pray and and um, but not so much in in the work and the serving at that time. And so he put a video together. I want you to go ahead and take a look at it. if we can bring down the lights and pump this up, please. Be, be praying for James and Katie over the next um, uh, next several months. They're going to be starting kind of in a home church and and just building it the right way. And and they definitely need our prayers and and support. Uh, I'm so thankful for what God's doing in their life. But I want you to realize who's behind polarization. The, like the devil is behind dividing uh, and 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 separating and. You know, and, and, and unity is what God's all about. You know, the Bible says that if you walk alone and you fall into a ditch, like who is going to who's going to pull you out of that out of that place? But if you're with a friend, come on, then 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 you you know, you've got strength and and you've got help and two are better than one. And so, you know, some of the polarization that the enemy uses is is some of these things. Is it prayer or is it practical? Is it belief or is it behavior? Uh, to all these, the real answer, like the biblical answer, the right answer is both, right? Is it water or spirit? You come out of the background that I came out of, and, and you'll understand what that, you know what I mean? Water baptism was cool, but unless you were baptized in the spirit, then, and so both of them are important. Come on, is it word? Is it, is, are you supposed to be, you know, have a lot of word in you, or are you supposed to be a worshiper? It's both, right? It's both. We need to be a people, come on, that are that are growing up in our understanding and our faith, but also a people that aren't so intellectually bound that we can experience freedom and just worship, come on, the Lord. Is it name or is it names? This is another big one. You come out of my background. How are you baptized? Right? How are you baptized? Is it name or names? I baptize in both. Let me tell you how I baptize. Many of you know this because I baptized a lot of you. So and so. On the confession of your faith and your obedience to the word of the Lord by being baptized here today. 
It's a privilege and an honor to baptize you in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Today I baptize you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. See, there's no other name under heaven and earth whereby which we must be or can be saved. And so guess what? I'm like a simple dude. I see it both ways in the Bible, and I'm going to do it both ways because there are people that will come at you. How did you get baptized? How do you baptize? How do you baptize people? How do you want me to baptize people? (laughs) Well, I do that. How do you think I should baptize people? Well, I do that. I, I use both. I cover all the bases. It's as if, as if that is more important than the work that's already brought a person, come on, to repentance and surrender and salvation. What they are doing is an act of obedience. And, and if your pastor gets it wrong by saying the wrong thing, well, I really don't think you're saved. Foolishness. Foolishness. All right. Anyway, name or names. Democrat or Republican. Coke or Pepsi. Tomato, tomato. Potato, potato. I mean, where are, where, are you, where are you at? And I'm just saying many times it's both. Is it spiritual or practical? See, people spiritually are, are, are more of the touchy-feely, I just sense God's doing something really awesome, and, and I just want to praise, and I just want to sit in the presence of God. Shh, don't. I'm in, a, I'm, in this, I'm in a wonderful, like the sweet spot with the Lord. Everything is just... But then you've got the other side, which is the practical side. It's all about, you know, Greek and Hebrew and 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 and, you know, what's the what's the I was talking to somebody this morning. uh, These new Bibles that are coming out are so awesome because before you had to have a concordance and you there's a there's a kind of a Bible. I can't I got two of them. But it's like you open it up and it's got the numbers and you follow the number. What's it called? Nope. Yeah, Thompson Chain. That's what I was. Thank you, Matthew. Everybody give Matthew just a hand clap. I'm telling you, some of these Bibles that are coming out right now, somebody showed me a Bible just this morning. You did. One of you guys. Um, What's it called? Every man's Bible. And what's cool is these Bibles, man, it gives, you, it gives you key scriptures that you should probably know in that book that you're reading. It gives you the timeline right at the front of the book. I mean, it makes you into, you know what I mean? You can be like an incredible scholar just by spending some time and studying, you know what I mean, that thing out. There's so much. God has made it so easy Come on, for us to get to know, come on, his word. The problem is we just need to get into it. We just need to get into it. And I am telling you, I am thoroughly enjoying flipping pages, man. And you know what? I'm already back to that place where it's like, it's like I read my Bible and guess what I'm doing? I'm kissing it. I kiss the microphone. It's not the same. (laughs) Kiss it. There was a time... And I'm back there again. There was a time when I wouldn't even put my Bible on the floor, not throw it on the floor. Like I wouldn't even put it. If I was going to put it on the floor, it would be on another book. It would be on something else because of just the love and the appreciation. Come on for all it is, is printed letters, right? But those printed letters will change your life. They will transform your life. God will reveal himself in and through that printed word. And so if you don't got a Bible, get a Bible. Get away from your phone Bible. Not that you can't use it in emergency situations. But you know what I would love to see? I would love to see people going to work with their Bible in their hand. Because you are ministering to people when you, you know, not afraid to pack that thing. It's easy to be incognito with your telephone. Oh, what are you doing? You just, oh, no, no, I'm just messing around. Uh, anyway, I better get going because we're already 11 minutes over. And um, 
But God's calling us to both to grow in knowledge and to meet our neighbor's needs. Come on, when I was saved, it was a radical salvation. And all I'm, I'm not going to give you my testimony again, but God really saved me like I was a great sinner. I was excellent at sinning, better than most of you, I promise you. And that's not a badge that, that I'm thankful for, but at the same time, I'm thankful for it because I... I have experienced what the power of God can do in a second's time. And all I'm saying is, is that when I got saved, there was so much appreciation and so much fire inside of me that I had to go to work. I had to get busy. I just wanted to glorify God's name in and through my life. And so I was learning about him. I was telling my pastor all the time, what can I do, Brother Rutzen? Can I do anything around the, the church? And he, he said, yeah, you can hand out bulletins. I was like, I will be the best bulletin hander outer that you have ever had, man. I would open the door and I would shake people's hands. And Pastor Rutzen, anybody that knows him, he would say, welcome to Valley Church where you're a stranger only once. I adopted it as my own saying. Welcome to Valley Church, where you're a stranger only once. Here's a bulletin. Enjoy the service today. And I would do it, and I was so happy. Next thing you know, I'm graduated to teaching the gremlins. and I mean, the kids in the back. The kids in the back. And, and I'm learning as I'm teaching because I'm responsible to share God's Word. I don't even know it, so I'm cramming it in. I'm learning it, and I'm teaching it, and I'm growing. You know, hopefully they're growing, and... And I'm just saying, man, if I did not get busy and serve, I honestly don't think I would be here today. Because there were nights while the Lord rescued me out of alcohol and, and just everything that goes with that. It's not like the temptation never showed itself back up again. And I remember whenever it would be a Saturday night and I'd get a call from one of my old buddies. Hey, we're going to go down to the pocket and shoot some pool and drink some beer and, and just, and I'm like, like, that sounds really good, but no, I'm busy. No, I'm not going to. Hey, we're going to go to the club, and we're going to go dancing and this and that. And I'm like, man, that does really sound good, but no. And you know why I said no? Because I had a responsibility Sunday morning to open up that door and say, welcome to Valley Church, where you're a stranger only once. Here's your bulletin, and enjoy the service. That's the only responsibility that I did, but I was like, man, I can't do that if I'm, if I'm feeling and smelling like a keg. You know what I'm saying? And so by me serving, it was the very thing that kept me from making poor decisions. Come on, going forward. God, I'm just going to be honest with you real quick. I have no clue how anybody, like if this is you, and I'm not, I don't have anybody on my mind, but I have no clue if you have honestly been saved and you and you faith has come alive in you and you were born again i have no i can't even comprehend how you cannot get busy and serve the lord and do whatever it is that needs to be done this is what we do well let me just pray if i alone just pray i'm going to wait until the lord speaks to me as far as what i can do i don't get it and let, i'm going to take it a step further and i know that this is going to seem harsh but honestly it is me loving you by seeming harsh. If you don't have a faith that drives you to go to work and to do for the Lord, because you can't separate these. In my mind and what I read in the Bible, you cannot separate them. But if you have a faith, like you're like, yeah, I'm a Christian, but you're not doing nothing, you're not moved to do anything, then honestly, I would challenge you to ask if your faith is even real. I honestly would say that it's better for you to get mad at me and even possibly leave the church for a period of time than it is for you, come on, to stand before the Lord and you're saying, yeah, I believed in you and I went to church and you hear the Lord say to you, depart from me, you workers of iniquity, because I didn't know you. And this is a very true reality. There are going to be people that believe they're saved, believe they got a relationship with God that don't have a relationship with God. And so I'm challenging you. If there's nothing stirring and brewing inside of you, come on, to do because of what God has done, you may not have the kind of faith that this Bible is talking about. 
you may not have it. And so it would be better to ask the question. And if you don't have it, surrender your life and receive it because it's a gift. It's a gift. Amen. And honestly, I'm telling you that not to hurt you. God knows I want you to still come to this church. But honestly, it's not worth your salvation. Because I honestly believe that this year, if you don't believe what I'm saying right now, by the time this year is done, you will believe. And uh, because there is a, there is a, there is a, a, I don't, there's an awakening happening. And it's not just in me, and it's not just in you, but there is an awakening to, and a returning to the things that matter. And this is the thing, if you get ran off because I'm sharing with you the truth not to hurt you, then when you come to a place of the Lord showing you in and through somebody else or just your personal time with him, I also know because I'm willing to share it with you in love that you'll be back. And guess what? When you come back, we will be here and ready to receive you and love you and serve you just as if you never left in the first place. So, um, all right. So, um, all right. I'm going to close. No, I'm not going to close. I'm going to give you three things, and then we're going to watch a video, then a worship team is going to come up. Give me about ten more minutes, okay? You cannot separate faith and works. Um, number one, faith requires action in your words. Like, if you are not a person to use your words to share your faith, like your story needs to be told. What is your story? It's a fancy word called your testimony. All it is is what God has done in your life and what God is doing in your life. And it doesn't have to be one story. It can be multiple stories. But listen, there's nobody that can share your story like you can. And while people might write books about your story or, or hey, I met this person once and this is their story, there's power when you share personally what it is that God has done for you. So share your story. And then beyond that, I just put some side notes out here. Be a person that speaks life in 2021. No more negativity. No more gossip. And, and listen, you cannot have, I want you to pay attention to this real quick. You cannot have fresh water and salt water coming out of the same mouth. So those of you that love God, but yet you change your vocabulary, you change your verbs, you change your words, all depending about who you're around, stop it. God is not pleased with it. And, and, and let this also move into what you post on social media. Like some of you, honestly... If, if I didn't know you and, I, and I'm not sitting in a place of judgment, I'm the, the, some of the people that I'm thinking of, like there's no question you, you love God. There's no question. But if I didn't know that you loved the Lord, you would have no clue that you loved the Lord by the junk that you put on your Facebook and social media. And I'm just saying it's time to stop it. It's time to get rid of it. It's time to it's it's time Come on, to give yourself a better chance than what it is that you're, that you're giving. Number two is this. Faith demands that you go to work. Faith produces fruit. The Bible says in multiple places that you will know them by the fruit that they bear. You will know them by the love that they have one for, for another. Like you, it will be visible. You will know that they are my disciples, Jesus, that we are followers of Christ by what we say and how we act and what it is that we are producing. And I'm asking you, ask yourself, what am I producing? And I'm telling you, I don't think that I could be wrong, but I really don't, I don't think I am. I don't think, you know, we live in a place where it's like, man, don't judge my faith. My faith is personal. My faith is private. I don't see where private faith and personal faith is, is celebrated in God's word. In fact, faith is supposed to be walked out. It's supposed to take action. Come on. Uh, as a matter of fact, I'm just going to share a scripture with you. Matthew chapter 5, 14. I didn't share this in first service. 
you are like a light for the whole world to see. A city that is built on a hill cannot be hid. No one lights a lamp and puts it under a bowl. Instead, it is put on a lampstand where it gives light for everyone in the house. In the same way, your light must shine before people so that they will see the good things that you do and praise your Father in heaven. So listen, it's time in 2021 to get to work and produce Come on, the things that God is doing in your life and wants to do through your life. Number three is this. Real faith will cause you to praise and worship. Be thankful because in first service I had everybody stand up and just raise their hands. Just raise your hands. Just raise. The whole church was raising their hands. And I said, okay, now just close your eyes and begin to praise the Lord. Come on, with your own words in your mouth. Like three people said, everybody had their hands raised. And, and people were like, I don't know what to say. Be a person this year that knows what to say. Come on, if it's, if it's all it is is just out of who God has shown himself to be in your life, there's enough to sing a thousand songs if you will just... If you will just recognize the problem is we don't have anything to say because we're not living in a place of appreciation of how amazing it is that I'm even saved and you're even saved. A lot more amens need to be. See, even with this, even with this, it's so difficult for people to come to a place because we think we're better than what we are. Can I just remind you once again, Abraham needed to be looked at through the eyes of grace. Rahab the prostitute had to be looked at through the eyes of grace. Jason, you have to be looked at through the eyes of grace. I have to be looked at. Dr. Dave, you have to. It's not by any good that's inside of you. It is by his grace. You have to be. You have to be thankful. Allow it to move through your spirit, your soul, and your body. Don't just, man, pastor wants me to dance. i got to get my calisthenics up. How about doing this, but just be like, man, God, you are so good. I don't even care what I look like. I don't, it's, it doesn't have to look like anything else. But if you have reserves because, because you've, you're not that way or you just don't think that way, let the emotion of what God has done in and through your life surface. Come on. See, he gives us emotions for a reason. Well, I'm just going to be a person of self-control, and I'm just going to, you know what I mean? I, I'm look, I, I, This should be a place of freedom where we're not worried about anything but just God. I just love you so much. And God, if you want me to lay down on the ground, I'll just lay down. You want me to stand up and shout? If you want me to, if you want me to call somebody, I don't care, God. I just want to be led by your spirit. I want to be utilized by you. In Jesus' name, we got to get to a place, church, where we allow. Number one, we should live in a place of worship. We should live in a place of prayer. We should live in a place of praise. Like it should be so normal that this is just an extension of when we come together. You know what I mean? It's like an, it's not like, oh, two songs and and you know what I mean? Then we'll go home and but we should live in that place. And so that when we come, because I'm telling you, church, true story. I have been God has ministered in and through my life to me, to me, not in and through, but to my life by entering into a, a, a worship center, sanctuary, whatever you want to call it, a place just like this. And I was moved and blessed because of the person singing behind me or the person that, that just, you know, just like total surrender in front of me. And, and I'm just saying it matters. And God, God will use it. Don't be too big to praise him. Don't be, don't be too prideful. Don't be too in control because honestly I believe that if Jesus like the presence like the physical presence of Jesus was here he walked in and we all knew we were just like I don't think anything would seem 
I don't think we would care about anything else. Wouldn't be worried about our job. Wouldn't be worried about, you know, that light bill. We wouldn't be worried. It's like, man, I don't even care. And this is the deal is we, every time we come together, we entertain his presence. Do you know that there's worship all the time in heaven? It's like it just doesn't stop. Boy, we've been singing for 50 years straight. Can we just <laughs> take 10 minutes and come back, you know? No, man, it's constant around the... Uh, check out this video. One thing I want you to look at is, is I want you to look at where they start. And then the words that they sing, they begin to, they begin to personalize. And you can almost see, I was, I was just sitting in my, in my study two nights ago, and I was kind of getting my mind, and so I had worship music on, and so this worship song came on, and I began just to watch. They start singing the song, a little bit of praise and worship, but as they, as they make the words their own, you can see it in their face and how the praise just, it just elevates, and what they're doing is they're identifying a personal God to a personal person and uh, check it out. Amen. I just want to give you an opportunity if you're here this morning and you just don't know where you're just where you're at with the Lord. You're here. You're online. I'm telling you, there's no greater decision that you can make is to just to surrender to Jesus and say, God, I believe that you gave us Jesus, the only begotten of the father to live 33 years and teach us some things to lay his life down on a cross, baby. Uh, the Bible says that no man took his life, but he willfully laid it down, and, and he did it so that anybody that would believe in him, the Bible says that if you believe in your heart and you confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord, you will be saved. And, but let me tell you something, church. Um, the message really in the past has been you know, come as you are. And while that is absolutely the truth, the full message is it requires surrender. I really feel like that's one of the things that we struggle with that we need to get back to is not just partnering with the Lord, but it is a surrender to the Lord. It's like, Lord, you've given it all for me. And my life does not belong to me anymore. It belongs to you. So I surrender. I submit to you. And Lord, I, I step into that place of knowing that, God, you have created me for purpose. And there's destiny and power that you want to do in and through me. And the only way that that works is if I'm not fighting you at every corner. Well, I don't want to do that. And, and I don't want to do this. And. Just like James said, you know, I, I don't feel qualified and I don't think that I've got that in my tool belt. And, and I'm just saying that that whatever it is that God calls you to do, he will equip you to do it. And you may not even know that you have the ability to do it till the moment he asks you to do it. And then you step out and do it. And then all of a sudden, the Lord just like the breath of the Lord just comes over you. The spirit of God just begins to stir in you and you begin to prophetically move, prophetically speak. Um, you begin to pray for people that they may be whole and healed. You begin to share with people your testimony and next thing you know, that person that never thought that they would give their heart to Jesus is saying, how do I live for Jesus? And then you who have never maybe walked somebody through the sinner's prayer, you say, just pray with me and let's invite him into our lives right now. So there's there's main things that you have to do when you give your heart to the Lord. You need to recognize that Jesus is the only begotten of the father. Right. He's the only one. He, he didn't have many kids. He had one. And Jesus, the fullness of God, came into this world. The fullness, the absolute full. He was fully God and fully man came into this world and he lived among us to give his life for you. 
He came to die. He came to teach us. He came to show us, but he came to die. And he did so willfully so that if you would believe in him, that you would be saved, meaning that you would not only walk in newness of life, you would be born again. The spirit of God that that raised Jesus from the dead on that third day is the same spirit that he gives to you when you say, Jesus, I believe in you. Please forgive me of my sins. Come into my heart. I surrender. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit, the baptism of the Holy Spirit comes in you and it begins to change you. You're born again. You're 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 not the same. You're new. You're different. Think different. Still may have some temptations and some struggles that need to be worked out. God will give you the power and the ability to work through those. But you are a new creation in Christ Jesus. Old things pass and all things become new. This happens by believing that God is who he says he is and confessing him as Lord. There's nobody else that can do this for you. I had an amazing grandmother that was probably the most connected to God of anybody that I ever just knew. But guess what? Grandma had to pray that I would come to a place of just believing and receiving and surrender. So you have to do this. If you do not surrender to the Lord, and if you just believe but you don't serve him, what does the Bible say? We just read it. Even the demons and the devils believe that God is God, but he wants your life. He wants, he, re, he requires you trust him enough to say, my life is now your life. And I'm telling you, if you think it's going to be a step backwards like I thought for so many years, it's, that's a lie. It's going to be a, you're going to advance forward in the joy of the Lord and the fulfillment of God and all of the things, the beautiful things that the Lord has, has for you is just going to come alive inside of you and you're going to, you're going to finally realize what life is truly about. In fact, I even feel like praying for the person that is asking right now and I know they're in this room contemplating life and saying, man, is this really what it's all about? I could take it or leave it. And I'm just saying, no, what you're experiencing is not what life is about. A fully and complete surrendered life to Jesus is what it's about. And at the very second that you do this, that you surrender to him, you believe and you ask him to forgive you of your sins and come into your life. Floodgates, man. Purpose, destiny, vision dreams and then all of a sudden you'll have to pinch yourself because something you dreamed about years ago you're walking in today unqualified the last person that should have the job the one that doesn't make sense you will be that person Advancing the kingdom in whatever way he wants to use you to advance it. And people are going to be saved and blessed and encouraged because of it. I'm asking you if you have not asked Jesus and you have not surrendered to him, do it now. You don't have to say things perfectly and specifically But just say, God, forgive me. Come into my life. My life is yours. And then let us walk with you. Like you need to let us know so that we can be more intentional about helping you to be successful in this new walk. Do you have a Bible? If you don't, we need to get you one. We'll talk to you about baptism. Talk to you about, you know, get you through Try to figure out what your gifts and your talents. There's just a lot of things that that we can come alongside and help you with intentionally that we will do. And so online or here, if you give your heart to the Lord, there's a number, but it's going to be a number that you can text the word save to. And this will start. It'll it goes right to me and it helps me. You know what I mean? To say awesome we're going to celebrate this as a church and then if you're here and you're saved like there's no question on your salvation but the lord's saying listen 
it's time to get off of your hands and into, into serving, utilizing your life to make a difference, you also need to let me know. Same number, text that number, but text the word serve, all lowercase. All of them are all lowercase, serve. And, and we will we'll be on top of it. Like, we're not going to drop the ball. Maybe we've dropped the ball in the past, but we got Susan on our team now, and she's, she is awesome. And she's going to help us to help you get plugged in so that you can start seeing what a surrendered, willful life can do to advance God's kingdom. Amen. That's it for today's teaching. Hey, here's an idea. Share today's message with a friend or family member. If you're listening from outside our fellowship, we'd love to meet you. Visit graceid.org and hit the contact form to get in touch. We'd also love for you to join us. You can even check us out on Facebook Live by searching Facebook for Grace Church Rupert ID. Learn more and plug in at graceid.org. Thanks for listening to this week's message from Grace Community Church.